what works in Web3 marketing. How do you build Web3 in 2023? We're almost there. It's almost a new year. We've gone through a boom cycle. We've gone through a bust. Now perhaps it's time to build back up, but what are the tools to do it? Is it the traditional Web2 growth tools? Is it the new Web3 growth techniques? Chatting about that today with three experts. Dan Reynolds, who's a marketing lead at First Light Games and is coming out with a Web3 game. Also, John Hook, who's a CMO at Play Ember. And finally, Quinn Campbell, who's a VP growth at Sky Mavis. You've heard of Axie Infinity, one of their titles. And we come up with some interesting and perhaps surprising conclusions. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is kind of cool. This is kind of neat. We're talking Web3 growth hacking. We're talking with some very cool veterans in the space and people who know a little bit about what they're chatting about. And we're going to talk about some of the newer methods that people have used to growth hack Web3. We're going to talk about some of the older methods that people are using Web2 and other forms of marketing that are still working in Web3 and maybe what's on the cusp and what's still coming. Let's start by giving everybody a chance to kind of introduce themselves. Dan, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, great to be here today. Um, yeah. So a little bit about me. Um, I've been uh, sort of in the industry now, uh, talking about crypto here for the last few years, deep diving into NFTs, spending a lot more money than I definitely should be. Um, <laughs> yeah, before that, I was the uh, CMO of a nonprofit organization. Um, it was an international based organization that used to pick up trash from the, uh, the beaches. And uh, more recently, I dived into sort of the web free industry, working for a project called Melon, a creator uh, NFT platform. And I've spent the last year working at First Light Games, uh, delivering our game, which is due to launch very soon, called Blast Royale. Nice, nice. Looking forward to seeing that. Looking forward to hearing a little bit more about what's in that game, how it works, what the mechanics are, and how you're going to market that. Quinn, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure, John. Thanks. Um, yeah, so my, my name is Quinn Campbell. I'm the VP of Growth at Sky Mavis. We are the developers of... Um, Axie Infinity, which is a, a larger NFT game um, at the time. Uh, and um, before this, I actually was working in um, kind of traditional mobile games publishing, um, which I really, really liked until I started to kind of get a better grasp on how co-optive I think a lot of the middlemen and publishers and distributors are in, in traditional gaming. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like that in music. It's like that in movies and, and TV as well. Um, and so, you know, right around that time I came across NFT gaming, I saw this idea of direct to community distribution, taking the middleman out of the system and, and me as a middleman, I, I knew that was the future <laughs> and I had to be a part of it. Um, and so it's all kind of rolled from there. Very cool. Axie Infinity, of course, super interesting what you guys are doing. Lots of challenges, lots of interesting stuff that you're kind of bla trailblazing on. John, give us a quick intro. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, so similar to Quinn, spent a lot of time in like Web two, like mobile gaming and, and ad tech, and yeah, building, running companies in that space, which was kind of fun, uh, like Ad Colony, uh, Oma Games, Boombit, and um, yeah, for about the past twelve months now, I've been pretty deep into uh, Web three, uh, having a lot of fun, uh, testing some stuff, and um, currently CMO at Play Ember, which is just a great example of this journey we're on that actually it's using mobile games, but actually it's all, it's all about helping uh, and empowering creators, artists, brands to 
create and monetize and distribute their content and services, but in just a very different like web three way that doesn't involve just shoving rewarded videos in games and saying, click here. Um, so it's a lot of fun building and architecting that out and looking forward to sharing some of the stuff that we've learned uh, with all of you. Awesome. Why don't we kind of start here? Um, I kind of want to level set. Where are we in Web3? Where are we? Web3 is pretty connected to crypto, obviously. And there's interesting things going on in that. You know, are we in, <laughs> we've had a hype cycle. Where are we now? Are we going up? It seems like kind of people are holding their breath. There was such a, a, a run up and now there's kind of like uh, the air has been let out of the balloon. Where are we? What's going on? John, can you kick us off there? Where are we? Well, I think it depends on who you're asking, right? Um, you know, if you're a, if you're a trader or maybe you're a PFP artist, maybe things aren't, aren't so great right now, depending on which, which protocol and ecosystem you're into. Uh, if you're a Web2 normie, same as usual, like there's some bigger things going on in the world right now. And you're, probably, you're celebrating. <laughs> yeah, exa exactly. You know, you, you probably are not down massively on your NFT bag because you don't have a bag, right? Um, so yeah, I think it really depends on um, the sort of lens you're looking at. But given we're all talking about gaming, I think the two big challenges, if I'd separate them in summary, uh, Web2, um, you still have people playing games. The key challenge there still is around the monetization of those players. And depending on the genre and thanks to Apple and ATT, um, you know, that's still a, a huge challenge. And sadly, you know, seeing a lot of studio closures at the moment because the distribution of games in Web2 is pretty hard uh, linked to monetization. Uh, in terms of Web3, for me personally, you know, given the two people that we've got on this call as well, I'm really excited because there's so much innovation there. We're seeing finally some of these like mobile, like blockchain going mobile. So some of these legitimate Web3 games, the way that we always hoped they would be, are now starting to drop and go live. So for me on that Web3 side, it's just pure excitement right now. Quinn, let's bring you in and ask you kind of the same question because it does feel like there's some actual real cool stuff happening. Um, and, and there are some people celebrating on silence. See, I told you this Web3 stuff was all dumb anyways. Um, but are we entering the cusp of new innovation? Yeah, I, I think we're, we're in this like really kind of beautiful moment of a bear market. Um, we're, we're, we're able to actually like build every day in a way that only a bear market truly kind of affords for you. You know, when you're in this like absolutely crazy frenetic bull market, every morning you wake up, you literally feel like you're already behind the eight ball. Um, yes. and like, there's something intoxicating about that, but there's also something that, you know, kind of like is a drag on actually shipping. Um, whereas I think, you know, there's, the, there's definitely a shakeout going on. But the projects that are able to really survive and, and build through this bear are going to be the foundation of, of the next decade of, of NFT gaming and of, of Web3 as well, right? Um, and I think we're seeing the, the shifts of this already because so many projects, especially during the bull, you know, there was a new NFT gaming project like almost every day. Um, and 90% of them were basically just yield farms or DeFi protocols with like a gaming wrapper around it. Uh, and that's already starting to disappear. Now you're starting to see these game studios go back to their roots of like creating a, a fun, sticky core gameplay first and then just sprinkling some Web3 magic on top of it. 
<laughs> Dan, um, let's bring you in. It's 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 funny because we have this confluence of craziness, right? Um, so we had the Web three hype cycle and, and and the bust, and now this opportunity to build. But we have this whole economy thing that's going on, right? We have this whole supply chain thing that is affecting the whole world. We have inflation. We have other things. It's all coming at once. What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Quinn hit really hit the uh, the nail on the head um, with that. Really. Um, you know, so much, so much is in the in the real world is uncertain right now, and you know, people are being a little bit more careful than usual. Um, I think, you know, again, I I do really think this is quite an exciting time um, being in Web three because it really, you know, so many of those projects that that aren't really ever going to be building anything that are driving hype, and then you know, before you know it, they're they're gone and they're gone and you know, you never see them again. It's not so easy for them to be around in this market where we are right now because, you know, there, there isn't the hype that there was when we were right at the peak of things. And I think this really does give you an opportunity to um, take your time to research projects, to see what they're actually doing and, you know, follow along the, the, the real hard journey that the developers of a game or project need to go on in order to become successful. So, you know, I, I think it's a, a really nice time, even though, you know, you could say, oh, it'd be great if, you know, we launch right when the bull market starts and, you know, so many <laughs> things like this. But I, I think it's a really good uh, and exciting um, moment to be building uh, something proper. Quinn, you talked about kind of this return to sanity of actually building something that's a game that's fun that's enjoyable that's a good thing to do and then sprinkling some web3 magic pixie dust on it does this kind of return to basic principles mean that marketing web3 experiences web3 games can lean heavily on let's say traditional mobile marketing or digital marketing techniques or not that's a really, really interesting question. I, I think it's one that we're trying to solve for every day. Um, so far, what we're seeing is um, the answer is kind of like yes and. Um, our web, <laughs> our web three channels are are still very productive for us, and they're they're still excellent growth channels. As we're exploring some traditional web two channels as well, like for performance marketing, for instance, we're actually seeing some interesting success there as well. Um, and if anything, I think it will kind of segment out who the users are, right? You're, you can always still go after this like DGen Web3 user base with kind of a higher propensity to spend. Um, but if you will really want to go to the masses and, and onboard the next 100 million, which is like, you know, how do we convert Web2 to Web3? That's the existential question in our space right now. Using the traditional channels to reach them where they're comfortable is, is a big, big thing to solve for. John, what are your thoughts there? I mean, the traditional... <laughs> What is traditional, right? <laughs> when Web3 started, right, uh, two years ago, three years, five years, whatever it is, the traditional thing was, hey, I've got Discord, I've got Telegram, I've got a variety of other sort of new type channels, and I'll build a lot of people, and I'll generate a lot of interest, and things will happen. That never worked for me personally, because I, okay, just show, maybe I'm just an old fart. I don't know. But those channels didn't work for me. They're high noise, low signal, so busy, hard to, you know, really parse what's actually happening um, are those losing some of their power or are we just needing to figure out different ways to use them again i think i think it comes back to just the basics that we all know when you're making a game is is who are you targeting and what is their motivation and i, I think to quinn's point this is the interesting thing that we're trying to figure out because 
if you think about these, what we don't know, so like, let's take Axie Infinity, right? Like you, you, you've definitely got like some of the early adopters of like Web3, like Web3 degens, they, they know all about NFTs and tokens and staking, but I don't have the analytics or, or anything to show for this yet, but a hundred percent, there are some people in there that love mobile games, right? And play mobile games every single day. Um, it's just at the moment they found something really sort of new and innovating that also fits the player model that they're looking to explore in terms of putting something into an amazing, uh, an amazing fun ecosystem and actually getting something out, whatever that is, whether it's financial or, or, or friendship or some of the other cool stuff that Quinn's playing around with. So I think then when you start thinking about channels where it really depends, because there are some people that play a like web three game and they expect discord, right? That's their community. That's their friendship base. That's how they interact. Whereas sort of growing up in hyper casual and seeing that evolve, it was all, you know, it's Facebook and then it's no Facebook and snap. And then it's no, it's Facebook snapping and TikTok. And now it's no, no, it's all TikTok. Like what happened to snap? Oh yeah. Don't forget about Facebook. It's Instagram. And kind of seeing that demographic evolution is sort of everyone, you know, goes through different platforms and, you know, grows up a little bit depending on where they migrate to. I think that's one of the things that I don't know the answer to, but we're playing around with, right? If you're going to onboard these normies, well, where are they? You know, is, 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 do they know what Discord is? Or because, of the, you know, the way that you manage and build a Discord channel is very different to building a TikTok channel. So I think it's kind of super fun to hack that and then try and understand, well, how do you get people jumping between the two? Should they jump between the two? How do you track them between the two? I don't know. But uh, yeah, these are all the things that are going to get, you know, we're all trying to figure out that fast forward a few years, a bit like we've all worked in like web two publishing businesses. And it's kind of like, look, this is just how it works. This is just where you advertise because it's just what you do. You know, maybe in a couple of years, we'll be sat here at consensus or I don't know, token 2049. And we'll have the rule book for how to do this. It's funny, right? Because there was a rule book. You, you, you knew what to do, right? You, 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 you put capital to work on, on a certain number of partners, right? Dan, you're dropping a game pretty soon. I mean, what are you guys doing? Yeah, I, I think it's, um, you know, you know we, we are at this moment where nobody really knows what the answer is. You know, nobody really knows whether to <laughs> That's just... not comforting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. No, but oh, I, I think, think that's the most we... exciting about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, you, you've, you've got this sort of, you know, the, the Web3 sort of speculators, traders, and you've got, um, you know, people that are playing mo mobile PC console games um, that haven't yet even... You know, they, they do not own a, a single piece of crypto or NFTs. And, and you know, the, the, the challenge is and the challenge that we face right now is to, you know, try and strike that balance between, you know, tapping into this, this you know, the world of web, web free speculators, but also aiming to take the game, uh, you know, mainstream around the world. Um, so one thing that we're focused very much on right now is to do what we know we, we're good at, which is creating a, a, a good game that's going to be enjoyable um whilst using as much of the the blockchain technology as possible and staying in the loop with all you know everything new that is coming out all the you know the emerging technology within the space to use that to bring essentially bring in you know real gamers into web3 and sort of convert them into web3 gamers by having a really good game that's built on the blockchain. So we're sort of trying to strike this perfect balance uh, between bringing in gamers and 
Web3 traders and speculators and, and, and FD owners at the same time. So I'd say it's our biggest challenge and I'm not going to come up here and say we have the, the exact answer. We'll tell you in you know a year's time probably. But And those people have different incentives, right? Uh, gamers, let me have fun. Uh, speculators, I'm here for a reason. <laughs> this is work. And you know a little bit about that, Quinn. I mean, Axie Infinity, kind of the OG here a little bit, right? I mean, people have been farming and working and, and leasing out property or opportunity to earn in Axie Infinity for some time. How do you see this? Sure. Yeah. So I, I think what's so inherently different about, um, you know, really trying to grow and, and then manage at scale a community of a Web3 game versus Web2 is, is the, just the sheer variety of, of users or players or archetypes that you have in your ecosystem, right? And I, um, John, I think the last time we were on a, on a, on a podcast together, we, we, we talked about this as well, but you know we have like 11 or 12 different um, player archetypes that we've identified within Axie. Um, wow. Only about half of them actually play the game. So that's where it's just a complete, you know, left turn from, from what, you know, I'm used to coming from Web2 gaming. Within that, within that half of those archetypes we play, you know, there are like hardcore PvP battlers, there's esports people, um, there's people really just playing for fun and escapism, uh, and then there's also like, you know, uh, scholars and, and SLP earners. Within that, within that half who doesn't play, we have people who are doing nothing but like heavily participating in our governance discussions for you know this uh, eventual decentralization of of our DAO. Uh, we have people who are just only content creators or like community tooling devs. Um, and there's absolutely no way to argue that that person is any less valuable to us than somebody actually playing the game every day, or vice versa. Um, and so it even makes it hard to actually come up with entirely new like LTV equations and figure out who we're really buying and what to optimize for at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, it's all just the fun of building on the frontier. You are blowing my mind here, Quinn, because I'm <laughs> listening to you and I'm saying this is this is sure there is a game. But it's much more than a game. It's much more. It's a community. In fact, it's kind of a digital prototype of, of, of a society almost, mm -hmm. right? With different people who have different roles doing different things based on what they're interested in, what they care about, what they want, what they're what what they're there for. What they're passionate about. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, we, we call ourselves a digital nation. Um, uh, I, I'll do a quick plug. Uh, this book, The Network State uh, by Balaji Srinivasan, is kind of my Bible right now, so I highly recommend um, but yeah, I think I think that's absolutely true, right? And and even like a lot of the community side of what our team is doing is trying to think about how can we provide welfare, you know, not just monetary welfare, but any kind of benefits to your life as a community member, as a as a as a Lunasian, basically that we can. So we're even running like, you know, uh, almost like the food pyramid, right? Like exercise and and diet things, just like healthy mindset kinds of things. Anything that we can do to actually bring welfare to our people is, is a positive kind of uh, exercise for us. Let's talk about interconnectivity. Uh, if we talk Web3, if we talk people own certain things, there's portability there, there's decentralization. What about Web3 experiences that you guys are invested in or building or playing is portable is something that I can take and I can put in my bank, quote unquote, you know, digital bank or something like that, or I can take and maybe even use somewhere else. Is that a core piece or is that ancillary? Dan, how are you thinking about that with first light games? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think we are at the very, very early stages of actually seeing this in action. Um, I think, you know, looking at what we want to do long term with our game, 
um, creating the sort of the blast verse and having uh, NFT items that people own and being able, to, being able to transfer them throughout different games that we develop along the ways, but also you know, creating avenues where people can actually port their NFT pieces into different games or to you know, go further than just games themselves and to be able to do even more than that, whether it's you know, lending, whether it's uh, you know, some form of utility that's beyond the game itself. Um, you know, I think this is something that we are actively exploring um, and I think this is really where long term this is going to be creating a, an entire world of opportunity around what digital ownership actually means. And I think right now we really are just touching into, you know, even the word interoperability, uh, it's getting thrown around, metaverse is getting thrown around, yet we haven't really... Somebody said the you know, M word. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, it's exciting. It really is exciting. I, I, I can't wait for it all, all to happen. And, and being part of this, you know, one of the builders in the space of Web3 and, and tapping into that whole uh, world of, you know, this metaverse and how it will plan out. I think, um, you know, I, th I, th I think that is going to be the key driver of, you know, adoption as well, of being able to own digital collectibles and you know have the control over what you do with them and where they are and and what you gain from it and what value you derive from it yeah john i want to bring you in here somebody just said the m word as i said and mentioned it and you start thinking about that and you start thinking about okay interoperability i can see it in our family of games great you know hey it's better for our studio because you can use this from that game over there excellent it's harder for people who have come up with maybe a scarcity mindset or this is what we are building to say okay you can take it and put it in another publisher's game or something like that that's more challenging as well but there's all there's some things that make some sense to do that and some things that may not right if i look at a physical reality i could take us dollars and convert them to euros or something like that but if i have let's say a slovenian certificate of citizenship it's not worth anything in croatia or something like that right what's the balance there john as you think about web3 metaverse and portability i think i think that's like an entire panel discussion but i'll give you my quick two cents so <laughs> oh, we need the solution in like three minutes from you <laughs> okay so quick 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 summary i think what you're seeing is is i mean quinn touched on it i think you've got like web3 native companies that understand that that a key piece in that is what we're actually building is we're you know you've got we're, we're reimagining like culture like social trends like monetary i'm not gonna say policy but monetary things we can do with like financial vehicles and that gets very exciting right and i think when you get under the bonnet of what people think are web3 games and i i, I love that the digital nation that's actually what's being built and, and that blows my mind, but that's also what's really exciting versus I think when you look at traditional gaming, and I don't mean that in a patronizing way, but people that have grown up in Web 2, what I'm seeing is this idea of de decentralization and monetization playing out as actually walled gardens because they're like, hey, hang on a minute. Yes, I, I, I don't want. I don't, I don't want my assets being used in all these third party games. I want to control that. So I'm going to create a closed ecosystem around my games with my own marketplace that gives you the ability to own these IAPs and move them around games. So I think you're already starting to see that, not just in gaming, you know, you're seeing Yuga Labs play around with this as well. So I think that's 
that's what you're going to see in terms of the evolution of marketplaces. You'll see your specific marketplaces around games. And I heard Z talking about this at uh, Magic Eden last week in San Francisco, that you will also then get like more vertical, very specific gaming marketplaces that have got, you know, really heavy tooling and infrastructure for some of these bigger AAA games, um, as well as some sort of broader marketplaces like Fractal, for example, that, um, you know, have a maybe not tailoring for specific genres, but have the kind of key tools and uh, infrastructure you need for a wider selection of games. Um, but that's really how I see the initial split right now. Um, and, and again, it, it makes sense because at the end of the day, I, I, you know, we, we all have businesses to run. And you made that earlier comment about, um, you know, kind of app downloads and attribution. And, you know, if you're a traditional Web2 company, you're probably publicly listed, and you have a share price and, you know, you need to make money. And that's what NFTs are. They're another monetization tool that you can deploy. So really, I'm kind of seeing that versus, you know, what's really exciting here and is going to, you know, redefine, I think generally the world that we live in now is, is kind of where, you know, Axie are headed and a few others, which is, hey, we just uh, have, you know, a really interesting opportunity here to actually blend together everything. And it just so happens that the vehicle we can do that through is gaming. And I, I think that's just really cool. That was a great job, John. Um, you're right. That's a full panel. I mean, that, <laughs> that's a couple of years of uh, evolution in the industry <laughs> to figure Basically. that out if you even get close to it. So that was a great job. And also a good segue because I want to turn, and Quinn will probably bring you in first here. I want to turn to the thought of a Web3 marketing stack. Um, we're starting to see some evolution of that. We're starting to see some tools. We're starting to see some things like wallet relationship management, you know, customer relationship management for the Web3 era. We're starting to see an attribution tool that's built specifically for Web3 in Spindle. I believe that's uh, Anthony, I want... Antonio Garcia Mendez or something and like that. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Something Formerly from time. Apple and I believe Facebook, a couple different places. Eric Sufer has invested in that, a lot of others as well. Quinn, what are you seeing in the development of a Web3 marketing stack? Is it super nascent right now or is it starting to kind of emerge out of the mist? Uh, maybe both at the same time. It is super nascent, but, you know, like over the last two months, I've started just having tons of conversations. Um, so it's, it's, there's like a little bit of Cambrium explosion going on and everybody's doing really, really cool stuff. And you touched on some of them, right? Like, um, trying to solve for attribution in web three is awesome because that has, that's probably was the biggest headache for me, you know, in the first six months of, of my job. Um, it just didn't exist. And we ended up having to hack together a couple of existing web two attribution tools, as well as doing some things on our own side, just to get it working in web three. It's amazing that people coming now can just use, you know, tools existing. Wallet relationship management is really, really cool to me. Um, I'm starting to see a couple, too, that, like, are able to actually attach hot wallet addresses to uh, social media accounts, um, which is kind of scary but also really powerful from, you know, a, a growth marketer's perspective. Um, you know, there's a lot of, like, Quest and uh, Soulbound Token related uh, attribution um, kind of projects coming out as well. So, you know, I, I think it's really, really exciting, um, I, but it's all, it's all very early. Uh, I, I would actually be really curious kind of what, what John and Dan are seeing on this front too, because I'm still even shaping my, my thoughts on it, to be honest. Love it. Dan, jump in. Yeah, I mean, not sure how much I can add to this one because it's something that we are literally exploring at this stage right now. I think, um, you know, being able to, you know, with wallet addresses connected 
to marketplaces connected to social media accounts i mean this this opens up an entire new um realm of what you can do with sort of tracking addresses and and, and marketing and whether it's user acquisition and um you know i i think the, you know i i put my hands up and say i think this is still quite early or we are also i mean i'm personally at this stage where i'm diving into it right now to learn as much as possible but it is something we're discussing um as to what we can do and i think there's going to be a huge uh opportunity here for for marketing i think it really is that's the next sort of um it's something that's completely unique to web3 and i think this is something that once this really does open up and we start to see this in action and bringing in a lot of results as well i think this is going to be a big driver for um traditional game developers to sort of you know, consider exploring the web3 world a little bit more than what they currently are john jump in and then i've got some follow-ups on this so a few thoughts one there's a lot of lawyers making getting really rich over this when I mean, you think about gdpr like what what is the web3 version of gdpr <laughs> you went exactly um, where i was gonna go <laughs> web3 right i mean i but, have john Ethan. and you yeah. can see a lot of them. <laughs> But I think this is this is the thing I'm curious about. So I think you've got again, you think about audiences, you've got the Web3 degens, we gotta know like the whole concept of the blockchain and what you can scrape and find out. What I'm interested to see is as this next billion come on board and everything we're talking about matures, how are they gonna feel about the idea of all of a sudden like everything all of this digital data or wherever it lives is now fully transparent because that was one of the big challenges in web 2 obviously if you think about the most recent uh, thing with att you now have the choice about whether to be tracked or not at a most simplistic level so i think i'm quite curious about that because you know i've seen a lot of really cool startups fail around the premise of in web 2 allowing people to monetize and have control of their data that actually with the backdrop of Cambridge Analytica, you would have thought people actually give a shit about, but turns out that they actually don't, and those businesses failed. And I've, I've already seen some of these trying to do the same in Web3, and I'm, so I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out, because that is one of the interesting things as marketeers in Web3 is that through wallet creation, you get email address, social logins, a whole wealth of data that, it's a, you know, for me, so long as you, you know, let people know what they're opting in for, I think that it's our job to bring them something really cool in Web3 where they don't actually even question that or even think, oh, hang on a minute, how do they know that about me? Where do they get that from? Because the whole experience is just so cool. And, and as we were already talking about, there is that return. There's a clear, whether it's ownership, and that's a big word, but there is something that they, they are putting in and getting a reward for it. And now perhaps finally blockchain technology solves this problem that Web2 we couldn't quite figure out. Um, so yeah, I think I think, and to be able to do that successfully, your original question that we, we've gone on tangent for is this attribution uh, is this attribution piece. And the thing I find curious is still a lot. Again, people have got businesses to run. I still find a lot of these companies I talk to are very focused on browser based experiences right now in gaming, because that's where a lot of the sort of original eyeballs are. And it's like, OK, how about mobile? It's like, oh, no, 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 we're not we're not touching that. We'll leave that to like AppsFlyer and Adjust and Kachava, right? You know, Singular, whoever. Um, and I find that kind of interesting. I'm like, OK. But what, why are you not building like cross-platform? Because that's where it is and where it's going. They're like, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll just focus on browser for now. So it's nice to see actually a few cross-platform uh, attribution companies now uh, figuring this out. 
you hit the nail right on the head, right? Is that in the Web3 world, I mean, people used to think crypto, hey, private money. Not really, actually. As many people who have tried to steal some have found out, right? Uh, it, the, the blockchain is there and it, it's public and there's a public record. And, and maybe we're going to need some kind of evolution in wallets, right? Because do I want everybody to be able to drop stuff on my wallet? Do I need like a, a private part of a wallet and a public part of a wallet? You know, do I want to, um, you know, hook up my wallet to every Web3 experience I come across and think, oh, wow, that's interesting, and then find out, oh, shoot, there was an error in the smart contract and my wallet got drained, and <laughs> oops, I'm screwed. Um, it's a challenging, still evolving ecosystem that isn't necessarily completely safe for the normies, as somebody said. Uh, any thoughts on that, Quinn? Yeah, uh it, it the the space as a whole definitely has a long way to go to you know making it to the point where my mom is comfortable onboarding into Web3. But my mom was also uncomfortable using email, you know, like 15 years ago. And guess what? Nowadays, if you don't use email, you, you don't participate in, in society, right? So, of course, she's very comfortable with email now. We're just kind of waiting on that moment to come with, with Web3, and, and it's inevitable. It, you know, it absolutely will. Um, mm -hmm. But there's definitely a bit of a watershed that, that has to happen. I think we should start to bring this to a bit of a close and and it seems from what I've heard from each of you it's still a little bit wild wild west still a little bit you know, gorillas in the mist you know not totally clear and Quinn you said that's the most exciting thing about this world is, right now yeah. you know you, we're we're inventing it we're building it um as as we come if somebody is engaging in or thinking about engaging in marketing a web3 experience platform game uh maybe i'll ask each of you to give your three minutes advice um and who shall i pick on first i think dan go for it yeah great great question and um i think it's uh if it my piece of advice would be to fully immerse yourself in in this space um to a point where you've you sort of you've been there, done that, and you've experienced things such as buying NFTs and creating wallets, and you know minting your first NFT, to seeing how different projects conduct their mints, to um, you know the, the 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 full the full circle of transferring crypto from wallet addresses to exchanges to coming you know ex withdrawing that back into your bank account. I think one would be about being very deliberate about who you're targeting. Um, a lot of a lot of projects they see these awesome growth hacks um, that you know uh, large NFT sales and X to earn uh, nomenclature can do for your project, and it definitely can. Um, but you got to keep in mind you're not really going to be attracting like attracting long-term high LTV users at that point. You're attracting either like scholars who are kind of net negative LTV or you're attracting speculators who um, can actually kind of crash all of your assets. Um, so I think that would be a major, major focus for me. Um, and then the other two are, you know, there are actually some really cool um, growth tech uh, projects out there that can help you in the early days, which we didn't have at Axie. They're, these, these are the projects I've just seen in the last two months. So I would explore those. Um, a project by the name of Safari uh, with a Y, S-A-F-A-R-Y by Justin Vogel comes to mind. And he actually just put out a tweet like two weeks ago where he kind of did like a diligence on 
all of the Web3 growth tech space, and he identified like 80 different projects and everything they were doing. I think that would be a really awesome place to start as well, to see what is a strong fit for the early days of actually building a community, building a project. Maybe if I can plug one more piece, I know I'm, I'm kind of speaking a bit agnosium here, but um, one thing I like to say all the time, and John Hook, I, I know you've heard me say this before, but it's so true, right? In Web3, or in Web2, you know, what people say is your, your first goal is to find your first million paying customers. In Web3, it truly is to find the first 10,000 co-owners of your network, right? Because when you're decentralizing ownership through a value capture token, whether it's a governance token or it's the, you know, the NFT of your projects itself, you are truly bringing on co-owners of your network in these community members. And so being comfortable getting concierge, uh, getting white glove kind of uh, service, to actually find these first key community members, that is the cornerstone of what you're building going forward. Interesting, super interesting. Your first 10,000 co-owners, absolutely love it. John, your three minutes of advice? Three minutes. Um, so I think that the, the first one is um, just get into the Web3 mindset. I think one of the biggest challenges of moving from Web2 to Web3 is just this attitude of, oh, I've done it before in Web2. This is just kind of how it works and just cut and paste. And, you know, Quinn's just, you know, that 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 analogy of your first, you know, 10,000 co-owners, right? Well, there you go, right? It's a totally different mindset. So, you know, to prepare yourself for that, you, you need to just start getting involved in, in some projects, you know, doesn't mean you have to buy the NFT, but just start hanging out in Discord and start listening and understanding some of those core differences that you just you just don't get in Web two. So I think that's that's really crucial. Um, two, I mean, you've heard a lot on this this podcast already. Start doing your research about your Web three sort of growth stack um, because there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of really exciting new companies out there. And yeah, I agree about Safari. I met Justin last week, and I think what they're doing is is really interesting and, and a great initiative. So I think just early on start looking and talking to as many like web three partners as you can to analyze and make some decisions on right what what do we do in house what can we build on top of versus what do we absolutely need to partner with and build up knowledge in um and you know the third thing given that we're all kind of in uh, uh gaming is is again make some decisions based on one and two about what it is you're you're building because i still see a future with two types of games right like mobile first like amazing like um, th there are games first and foremost that depending on whether it's AAA, mid-core RPG, hyper-casual, they're going to require a different uh, tech stack versus, you know, th there is absolutely nothing wrong. And I feel bad because I think feel people are just being a bit down on like GameFi. And I think that is a different beast in its own right. Um, and it's, it's perfectly okay. And it's kind of like, you know, gamers versus GameFi, just like hating on each other. But I think if that's what you're going down, that's great. But it's obviously the clues in the name is more DeFi uh, heavy and the kind of like tooling and the expectation of the people within that are clearly going to be more finance orientated. Um, mm -hmm. So make mm -hmm. sure that, uh, again, you're the, 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 I mean, there's, there's going to be some similarities in terms of growth stacks, but some of the back end, especially if you start thinking about the wallet and the concept of like staking and what that looks like will look very different to that GameFi audience versus maybe a more traditional uh, gaming audience. That's a great point, John. And you know what? Uh, some nations are Switzerland, some are you know, the United States of America, right? There's different nations for different types of people, and that's 100% fine. No worries. Dan, we kind of lost you in the ether there. You were lost in the metaverse. You came back. Thank you. Um, uh, can you restart your sort of three minutes of advice for somebody who is brand new to Web3 marketing and what you would uh, suggest they do? 
Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for allowing me back in. I, I thought the internet would hold up at least five, ten more minutes for me. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, <laughs> I really do think that in order to, in order to, you know, really get ahead of the game and to, you know, market in the most efficient way possible, I really do think that you need to immerse yourself uh, in the entire realm of Web3 as much as possible. Uh, I would go as far to say that, you you know, it would be worth buying some NFTs. It would be worth, you know, having staked some NFTs. It would be it'd be worth, you know, experiencing the a mint and an airdrop and how all of that works from a, you know, being a customer from that point of view. And I think until you really have gone through the hardships of you know, not knowing if you've, you know, your money tra transferred or your crypto transferred from one wallet to the next or to actually doing it and, and losing money, I think until you've really, you know, lost some crypto or, you know, been rugged by a few NFT projects. Uh, this may sound silly, but I think until you've experienced that, you can't fully relate with what your customers in the future might be thinking and might be, have gone through. So, yeah. <laughs> You need to be rugged in order to uh, to be good at you know. No, I I I think you know just to touch on what what John uh, mentioned there. I think um, you know there's so much research that should be done. Um, there's there's you you really need to read as I would say read a lot of books, but there probably won't be so many books out just yet on all of this. So I would be watching podcasts like this to um, you know cipher as much as possible and to to really go through the entire experience. Research, research, research. But on top of that, just trial and error. All of this at the moment, I would say, is is a whole lot of testing, and you've just got to get get your hands dirty and uh, try it. When it fails, look back at what failed, and then try something new next time. I I, I really, it. if if I may, John, I, I really love that last point, Dan. Uh, you know, I think that uh, uh, failure is it not just part of the development process in Web three, but like public failure is part of the development process in that dream. You just got to be ready for it and you got to lean into it. And and your community is so much more forgiving because they're your co-owners alongside you. Oh, wow. I love it. Dan is all like of the suffer sucker <laughs> school of learning how to market the Web3 and Quinn is like the masochist. <laughs> I'm suffering and it's in public. In that spirit. I have a confession to make for you guys. I told you guys I just came back from Web Summit, and this is my first morning kind of on European time still. So I was up really early. I usually don't get down into my office space here till like 8 a.m. I came in at like 7 a.m., and guess what was on my calendar? This. <laughs> and I, I had totally forgotten it was like my first day back. I hadn't prepped. I hadn't, you know, I'll ask this person that thing and this person that thing. I think it kind of worked out, honestly. Uh, and I want to thank each of you guys. Uh, John, amazing insights. Really do appreciate it. you pulled this together as well. You pulled these guys together. Thank you for that, Quinn. So great to hear from you and Axie and Finney, what you guys are doing there. Dan, First Light Games, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you guys all. Um, and uh, maybe we'll do this again in six months and maybe we'll know more. Looking forward to it. Great to appear. Yeah, you guys. Thank you very much.